0: This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog, And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're traversing hobo jungles and rich ladies' hearts as we watch Spine 114 in the Criterion Collection, My Man Godfrey, directed by Gregory LaCava from 1936. But first, RJ, how's it going this week?
1: I'm pretty good, bro. Just been heavy slamming out there on the streets.
0: You know, I don't know what it, that means. Keeping things lit. Are you, are you, a, dr- are you a drug dealer now? Depends. Like I don't of, know. I mean, you you're right now you're kind of rocking the uh, drug dealer look. you got this hoodie on, uh, even though it's like, what, 30 degrees outside? Um, you're, uh, you're, 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 I'm you're not wearing your pants. Oh, well, then you really are living the gimmick.
1: So See,
0: how's that drug dealing going for you?
1: Well, I keep it warm up top. And I keep it breezy down low for my jungly bits, you know, because mm. uh, you don't ever want to scorch them bad boys too much.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that so lie? you're hot in your
1: basement, eh? Uh,
0: I'm doing okay. My
1: basement's super cold. I got to wear a hoodie down yeah, here. Yeah,
0: you got AC. Uh,
1: actually, I have all the vents closed in the basement, and it's still super cold down here. Mm. See what I mean? What a... That's great. See what I mean, brah? So.
0: Bruh. With this, with this new like job of yours, uh, is that why you've like watched very little this week? I've noticed it's a real sad display. Hey,
1: you know what, man? Why don't you just slag off, okay? I do what I can. I watch what I can. I got three movies in. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Come on. I, w- I was living, dude. I uh, I had a... It was the long weekend. Spent one day with the family. Saw some kids. Played around. Had some drinks. You know, fun stuff. Next day... Did some chores, did some yard work, went over to a friend's, hung out. Uh, He just got a house. You might be interested in this. Uh, It is the house of a hundred-year-old house. A guy named Ernest Jackson built it, and his brother was an A.Y. Jackson, I believe someone that you're familiar with. Uh, sure. Yeah. That like five people
0: yeah. in the world L- L- will know L- what I'm, L- not
1: know. even listening to this. I didn't even know who that guy was. So yeah, well, anyways.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one, no
1: one cares about A.Y. Jackson, his paintings. Yeah. So I, I was using the weekend to catch up, man. Cause we had winter until uh, a week ago and now it's like 35 degree heat. So I was just doing some housework, doing some cleaning, doing, having a, a few, uh, a few fizzy bubs, you know, mm-hmm. bra so, and, nice. uh. Maybe I'm maybe I'm doing other stuff, dude. Maybe yeah. I'm working on some stuff. Okay? Maybe I'm working on some stuff. Okay. I was I actually I I've been reading a lot. No one cares. No one cares? Yep. Someone will care. No. If you care about what I'm reading, email into the show <laughs> JaredDuncan at gmail dot com. I'll just delete and, uh, those emails. No one hey. cares. People care. People I, want to hear about uh, what Stephen King book I'm reading this uh, week. I'll be
0: like one of those activist journalists that just uh just delete uh, emails. Like I don't. Just, no, one, no one wants to know about that. No well, one wants that aspect of reality.
1: If it's unopened and deleted, you can say that you never read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, anyways, I watched three movies. I did pretty good. Wow. What about you, dude? What have you been doing with your
0: life? Watching movies and like feeling guilty that maybe I haven't watched enough movies.
1: So I guess the opposite of you. That you haven't watched enough? That's right. How many did you watch this week? Like fifteen? Uh two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen, thirteen, thirteen movies that's not enough
0: it's not enough man so fucking nuts you know what you should when when you're telling me oh I watched I watched three in addition to my my obligation it's like okay I guess guess you don't want it bad enough
1: (laughs) yeah but see I see you watching all these movies and it's like well shit he's never gonna have enough time to talk about all those no if I watch like 13 movies well you gotta do it so you 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 consider this a balancing point my friend Mm -hmm. I, I kept it light because you were you had that heavy flow yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what you should be doing with your time? Have you watched Atlanta yet?
0: No, I saw some uh, hot take headline about mm-hmm. Atlanta using some horror things and like doing horror better than farty fart fart. You know how internet goes. And I went, "What the hell is this show about?" And uh so I thought about watching it for like a minute, but then I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that cuz I've got erotic thrillers to watch."
1: Ugh. That one's an erotic thriller, some would say. Yeah. The episode they're talking about is an erotic thriller. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that that was like a month and a half ago. That was when I was telling you to watch it. It was after that episode. I've got like f-
0: the first five episodes of the Terror lined up to watch, and okay. that's not happening still. So I don't okay,
1: know. Well, can you, I'll, I'll make you a deal here. If you no. watch the Terror in no. Atlanta this week, no. I'll watch more movies.
0: No, I'm gonna watch what I want to watch. I'm my own man.
1: But you're you, a bad but you have
0: to listen to me because you are not your own man. I do what I want. Co-host. <laughs> I don't even really work here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's
0: exactly. You don't get paid. You
1: just watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where's my
1: Speaking, slice of the pie?
0: Speaking. Oh, yeah. Once, uh, once you've uh, squared up, my friend. Anyways, hey, RJ, uh-huh. what, you,
1: what have you been creeping on this week? So much. I watched so much shit this week. I don't know if I'll have enough time to talk about it. <laughs> How's that sound, yeah. brother? Go on. Well, I uh, I kept my anime baby thing going on a little bit. I watched one anime. Yeah.
0: After, after I busted my ass, hit my bookshelf... Put together a nice square little package of movies for RJ, an anime series as well, and he's like, "Oh man, I'll put that down. No problem, no problem." Here we are. What did, so, of the like, hundred movies I lent you, what what one did you watch, my friend? I just gotta say, my that, good, uh, my good close personal friend.
1: I uh, I don't know if you did that much work, frankly. So uh, I don't know. I'm gonna let that puppy sit forever. Just like those Halloween movies I borrowed in uh, September of last year, <laughs> correct? That are still in my house, correct? So how, how's that sound, buddy? I would expect well, no less from you. It's it's because now that there's an actual pile of stuff, now I'm I feel like it's less important, so I'll get get to it.
0: I'm glad you got fingerprints all over your Stephen King book.
1: You know what? I'm going to send that shit back. Are you? The greasiest fucking book (laughs) I've ever seen. Those are pretty greasy. Some guy just dunked his hand in like a grease pot and then put my book in my Amazon box.
0: Well, buddy, this is what you get for buying from Amazon and not supporting local booksellers. And you can handpick your own copy (laughs) that haven't been all greased up. Like who? Chapters?
1: Like they're any better? Good local, small, what is it? Locally sourced books? (laughs) None of them are going to have new books. Come on. Yeah, they would.
0: And you get that maybe 30% off. I don't know. <sighs>
1: Whatever. I'm going to send that shit back. Get a refund. <laughs> or, go, get, get, or get, go, get another copy. Or get copy. a better one. I'll just keep sending yeah. you the
0: more g- greasier, the better.
1: If anyone wants to see the picture of this fucking grease monkey left on my uh, my new fresh copy of a Stephen King book, hit me up at jarrettduncan Jared at gmail.com mm-hmm. and I'll send you a pic. <laughs> all right anyways uh i i didn't want to be too much of an anime baby i didn't want to alienate our fan uh make him think that uh, i only watch anime so i'm gonna do a couple each week like this week i watched one we're introducing hey yo miyazaki to, to the criterion creeps this this run hey, i think yo. we've talked to, hey yo miyazaki that's how you say it in yep. japanese uh, so I watched Kiki's Delivery Service, um, which is one I've put off for a long time. Uh, I think I'm like anyone else. I've seen a good handful of the Miyazaki's, you know, the big ones, the Spirited Away, the Princess Mononoke, the Neighbor T- Totoro, all those. But uh, I had never watched Kiki. Uh, I did not watch the, uh, the subs. I watched the dubbed version with uh, Kirsten Dunst. Oh, dude. Oh, I I got it. I've listened. To be honest, I, I, I've wa- I, I tried watching
0: with that dub and I couldn't do it. It's brutal. So
1: <laughs> I I know you're a purist and you almost always watch with subs, but uh, I almost exclusively watch the Miyazakis with the dub because they always have like a big English cast. So yeah,
0: that's I find that distracting though because I was like, it's here true. is bad voice acting because they're like not really trained voice actors either. They're
1: actors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the most distracting was uh, the role of the cat was played by Phil Hartman. Yes. And uh, I was just like, oh, man, Phil Hartman's dead. So yeah. that was a bummer. But uh, I watched Kiki's Delivery Service and I watched it with that American dub, Baby. Mm hmm. Uh, this is a movie about a witch yep. who lives in a world in a small town where witches are normal. And when they reach a certain age, let's say 15 They take off from their town, go to a new town, and become the resident witch there. And they choose a a witch profession. So it could be anything like fortune-telling or potions or, you know, just keeping it real, like me. Uh, Kiki goes to a a big city, a city that's not super familiar with witches. Uh, It's got lots of cars. It's got lots of people. And uh, she's trying to find her way, and she doesn't really know what she's going to specialize in. Uh, she knows she likes to fly on her broom. So she hooks up with this bakery man and she uh, becomes a delivery man. Uh, not just the bakery stuff. Like they take orders for to deliver, whatever. Uh, she's got a talking cat by Phil Hartman. Uh, there's this geeky kid by someone. It's like one of the Lawrence brothers. You know, those guys. Whoa. Joey. One of those. Maybe Joey. One of them, uh, he he's like a geeky dude in the neighborhood. He's kind of looking for uh, she meets a a medley of fun characters. Uh, So this movie is just about that. And it's mostly about just kind of like casual interactions that people have like day to day stuff. Businesses like a bakery or a delivery service or like some old ladies who just live in a house. And she just kind of hangs out with them and talks to people. Uh, there's, I don't think there's any like real story. Yeah. It's mostly just that. It's just kind of people hanging out and talking. Uh, I liked it. Um, it's not uh, all-time banger Miyazaki. Um, it's no Princess Mononoke or anything like that. But I did think it was pretty good. Um, I mean, you can't really go super wrong with the Miyazakis. Not that I found, at least. I don't know. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about it, to be honest. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't like... It didn't rock my world, but I wasn't like, "Oh man, that stinks." Like, any any of these you pop in, you're gonna. I think you'll enjoy.
0: So. Yeah, my memory of it is like it's okay. I remember. I think it's like it feels long. It doesn't have like the best pace of all the stuff I've his I've watched. Yeah. Um. But I yeah, know it's like good. I mean, like I said, like I think beyond like I remember watching like a uh, Castle of Cagliostro. Yeah. It's his very, very first one. Um, and being like, kind of like that wasn't so great. Like, I, he just gets so mm-hmm. much better from that point. That's like almost like that's a work for hire film. Sure. Not like kind of like where you get Nausicaa on, where it's like all his vision and stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's got, it, like all of his, they have a message. This one's kind of like believing in yourself. Wow. And the power of that. Yeah. Oh, holy. What a novel thing, hey? Holy. So. No, it's good, man. I, I enjoyed it. It's not uh, top of the top. It's probably in the middle for me, maybe. Well, actually, I don't know. I think I've liked all of his other ones a lot more than Kiki, to be honest. Yeah. So, I don't know. Kiki and uh, Porco Rosso, I think, are probably around the same place. Mm, for
0: me. I don't know, man. Porco Rose is pretty good.
1: I People really like Porco Rosso, and I, I thought it was all he's right. A, he's a really great character. And there's Did like you a- watch the dub with Michael Keaton? Uh... I don't know
0: if I would have at the time. I might have actually watched the. So I, no, you should. I, I always change it. He's quite I, good. I, I, whatever. I I it breaks my rules. I hate it. I hate listening uh-huh. to English people. Uh, their voices. Even Michael uh, Keaton. Yes, especially Michael Keaton, especially The Vulture, oh, Bird, yeah. Birdman, Birdman.
1: Anyways, enough about me. Mu- so Mu- so Mu- hey
0: Zodiac. so be, did you watch your next movie because of the similarity of title?
1: Uh, Takiki. Yeah, Kiki. No, I, I actually watched the next movie because uh for this Criterion Creep project, recently we've had access to the online source Canopy. Yes. Which is like a poor man's with a K. Yeah, Canopy with a K. That's three Ks. Uh it's like a poor man's <laughs> uh film struck. Um yeah. they have like, I don't know, what would you say? Many a, a good gu- a good handful of criterion. They have many criterions and, many uh, and, criterions. and other things. And other things, yeah. So uh, we've been watching a lot of the Criterions on there. And um, the last couple weeks, uh, this movie was like the banner at the top, like being advertised. Yep. For me, uh, uh, this movie is called Kedi or Kitty uh, from 2016 from a lady director named Seda Turan. Something along those lines. Seems legit. Uh, this movie, Jarrett, is a documentary uh, about Istanbul. And the cats that inhabit Istanbul, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but there uh, in Turkey, in Istanbul, there are cats everywhere, just fucking everywhere. Every street corner, there's about 20 cats. Uh, This kind of reminded me of when I went to Argentina and there were dogs everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like every street you were on, there was always like six dogs there. Uh, That's what... It seems like Istanbul is. Uh, So this movie or this documentary kind of you follow uh, like six or seven uh, main cats. Uh, You see where they live and stuff. There's one kitty who works or lives in like um, like a department store and then goes out on the streets. You see another kitty who lives at like the the docks with the fishermen. Uh, One's a factory kitty. Um, There's all sorts of kitties, Jared is what i'm trying to say right uh so you you follow those guys around and then you have um some asides with the people at the places they live and then just people who live in istanbul in general and uh what their life is like with the cats and uh it's it's pretty neat actually because there's there's like these cats everywhere and uh the point of this is that like a lot of these cats there's no ownership of them but a lot of the people within within the community within the city all kind of take a role in taking, like taking care of the cats. And that's what this movie is about. Like how, um, like wherever you go, there's people who kind of take care of these cats. And like some of the cats, they'll have like three different owners, but they'll live in like an area and then they'll just spend nights at like all of them. And they're all like, yeah, he, he he just comes in the house and, or comes in through the window, sleeps a night, and then you don't see him for a couple days. He's at the other place. Um, I thought this documentary was really good. Uh, it actually has, like, some pretty nice cinematography at, at parts. Like, real nice shots of cats, like, <laughs> sitting at the pier with, like, a sunset in the background. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, you get to see some sweet people. Um, but I, I like this because, like, intentionally, like, they kind of, they play it at it a little bit. Um, but, like, what, what this thing is trying to say is, like, the power of like love Jarrett and friendship and just kind of like what having like animals in your life like can do to people. Cause there's like a lot of people that are shown in this and they're just like, yeah, my life sucks. It's like, but there are these cats that hang out with me and that's actually really nice. And it makes me feel better. And, uh, you see like the way that they both improve each other's lives and things like that. So I thought it was really sweet. I was like, that's nice, man. What a nice little, little show.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I've heard about this. I've seen that movie poster of a kitty, pretty kitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like a nice little documentary of cats. And it is.
1: Yeah. That's about it, I guess. Like, yeah. It, I'm sure
0: it's inoffensive and about love.
1: It is, yeah. It's Well, it's just, it's like about what, I don't know, like I said, like what pets can do for people, which I think is really nice. D- does, and there's a lot of, of
0: quotes. Do, uh does it do like anything like uh of just just act of uh, just touch upon like the politics of turkey uh no yeah okay i no, i was just curious if it's just like nah this is about this is about cats and how
1: great cats it's, are it's <laughs> almost a, um there's a few things about the city like but it's it's about the cats like they're talking about how like some areas are getting um developed on by like buildings yeah. and the people who like live there they're like they're like we don't really know where the cats are gonna go, and like that's mostly all the city talk that they have. Okay. But uh, it's neat. There's some stuff I learned, like uh, how because it was a big like pier and shipping place that uh, they have breeds of cats from everywhere in the world. Right. Because like ships would have cats on them. Yes. For the for mousers, and then yes. when they would when they would dock, the cats would run off. So Istanbul has like every kind of cat, I think.
0: Yeah, something, something which, about like the there's something about the origins of like Maine Coon cats being from yeah. breeding with like cats in America and getting more feral and fluffy,
1: mm-hmm. something, something like that. Ship cats, ship cats, man, cool stuff. Cool. So uh, yeah, uh, it is a it was just a nice little movie, kind of like this other movie I watched, Jarrett, mm-hmm. which I believe you were. Uh, you were visibly upset that I visibly. watched this. Visibly. I could see you through uh, through the phone. Uh, you were just like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, I watched a movie from the 30s this week. Yeah, well, you watched two. I watched two. Uh, I watched a movie called The Champ yep. from 1931, directed by a guy named King Vidor. He sure is. Which is a pretty cool name that I've never heard before. Really? Uh, but this. <laughs>
0: I like... I've, this is the first movie of his I've seen. Okay, well, he's a he's a he's a big he's a big name.
1: Yeah, it seems that way. He has made uh, forty-seven films. This King Vidor, so that's cool. Uh, so the Champ is a movie that uh, I heard heard about a while ago, um, and I had just watched uh, my man Godfrey, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch another '30s movie. Why not? And this thing was only an hour and twenty minutes, so it was perfect viewing for me so the champ is about this uh old retired boxer uh who goes by champ uh he's kind of getting older he's a little podgy uh he's kind of a deadbeat he drinks and he gambles a lot um but he's the champ everyone knows him as the champ because he used to be the heavyweight champ uh and he's got a son uh goes by the name of dink um Which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, So the son's name is Dink. The dad's name is Champ. Uh, Dink is played by Jackie Cooper, who you might remember as uh, Perry. um, What's his name? Perry White from the Superman series.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So he's a little kid in this. Uh, And uh, what's this movie about? So you see, like, the dad and the kid. And the kid, uh, Dink, really looks up to the champ. He thinks he's the best. He says, there's no one better than the champ. The champ's the champ. And they train together. uh, And then the champ is like, all right, Dink, I'll see you at home. And Dink's like, don't be going to those bars, you hear? And he's like, no, I won't. And then he'll he'll come back real drunk and uh, lost all the money. And you see this in a, a bunch of different ways where, like, Dink is kind of like always whenever champ comes back, Dink is like disappointed in him and he's like, oh, he's like, I'm going to be better son. Like you, you can trust me. Like I'm going to do better next time. And, uh, but then he always kind of like lets them down again. Um, and then what, so you have that. And then, uh, you're introduced to this lady who comes in the picture and you find out that she's Dink's mom And she abandoned them when Dink was a baby because she couldn't put up with the champs, uh, no good Nick stuff anymore. Uh, But now she's married to a really rich guy and now she wants to be a part of Dink's life. They want to take him so that he's not living with champ anymore. Uh, So you have this really interesting like uh, mix of like the kid loves the champ and but the champ is a deadbeat and the mom wants him. But the kid doesn't want to go with the mom because he's like he's like you left us when we were a little kid. He's like, I know dad's a deadbeat, but he's but he he was here. Uh, And so that that's kind of the movie is like this play between like it's like a father son thing. And uh, he's trying to like champs, like trying to be better, but he kind of always falls into his his little ways. Uh, This is what some people have described as a man weepy. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of those uh, male movies that gets you all hot and bothered and uh, makes makes you uh, squirt out a couple. Ooh. from your eye yeah from your eye That's, uh so uh this movie is actually pretty good man uh no for, kidding. yeah it is pretty good um i think it is it would have been uh really great if not for a few dated things um there's some times where they play stuff off a little a little bit and it doesn't really work but like in the 30s it maybe worked like there's a scene at the end where one of the characters is like grieving and it's basically like uh, he goes through a whole line of people and every person's like it's gonna be okay and then the next guy's like don't worry about it you're gonna be all right and it does that for like three minutes and it's like what are they doing so that doesn't really work um but like the kid Uh, Jackie Cooper is really good in this he's a really good actor and Wallace Barry uh, the champ he's also really good yeah Uh, there is there's some actual pretty sad moments in here because you feel bad for them you're just like oh I'm champ you messed it up again and uh, there's actually some pretty there there were some scenes that I actually thought were pretty funny like they're jogging at one point, and Champ looks at uh, Dink's uh, butt, and like his at, like his pants are all blown out in the back, and he's like, "You got a blowout in your ass, son." He's like, "How did that happen?" Uh, and I thought that was really funny because I'm a little kid and I think butts are funny. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but there were some good jokes. Uh, there there's some good sentiment. Um, there, it's just there's a few dated things that keep it from being. Really great, I think. But uh, this does have a 70s remake with uh, Mm. Mr. John Voigt. Yeah. So uh, I might give that a watch one day. Uh, That's supposed to be good, I guess. I don't know. I've I've never seen it.
0: And it it clocks in at uh, two hours and two minutes.
1: Uh, The John Voigt one? Yep. Yeah, and it's directed by our bud, Franco Zeffirelli. That's right. Yeah, long time director director of Hamlet hamlet and uh jesus of nazareth that 18 hour uh epic so uh, maybe i'll watch this uh, the champ one day but uh i don't know um i don't really know why i watched this but uh, i thought it was pretty good
0: yeah i was kind of more surprised when this popped up because i'm like i haven't even watched this movie yet i actually have a dvd of this i found like at a one of those like clearance stores and it was like a $4 Four dollar DVD for like the Warner Brothers thing, so <clears throat> I bought it because because it's one of those pre code movies I've brought up before, and it's one I've never mm-hmm. seen. So I was like, "How the fuck is RJ watching this before me?" And it just, <laughs> just baffled me because like this has nothing to do with screwball comedies.
1: Mm-hmm. Why, why is he watching
0: hey. this thirties movie?
1: Hey, you know what, man? I uh, I keep it fresh. Look at look at this blend of movies I had. I only watched three, but I watched a Japanese anime, a Turkish film documentary about cats. And in 1930s, uh, Man Weepy. So I'm, try- I'm trying to get a little diversity in the show, Jer.
0: Yeah. Well, fuck diversity because, <gasps> oh boy, do I have a medley of movies to get through here.
1: We'll hit it, man. So
0: uh, in, in the mind of us all watching anime lately, I dug out a DVD I've had for years and have never watched. Mm-hmm. It's a film called Tekken on Concrete, um, which is based on a manga called uh, Black and White. Nerd. Uh eh, I guess yeah, it's black it's not the name of the series. It's always Tech on King Creek, but it's based on these it's mm-hmm. these two characters named Black and White. It's from a mm-hmm. uh, manga man named Tayo Matsumoto. He's done mm-hmm. like a handful of comics. He's got a very eccentric kind of uh uh pretty recognizable style. Like, if you see it, you're like, oh, it's that type of art. Like, it's that guy. You don't know who it is. But they have one there's one, seri- one movie was ever made based on his work, on Creep, which is, I guess is a mm-hmm. more well-known thing. Um, the recap here, it is the story. It takes place in the fictional city uh, of Takamar- Takaramachi Treasure Town and centers on a pair of hey. orf- orphaned street kids, the tough, canny Kuro black and the childless innocent Shiro white together known as the cats as they deal with Yakuza attempting to take over treasure town. Uh, so I'd never seen this before, but uh, mm-hmm. when I started watching it, I was kind of immediately like, what the fuck when I see uh, directed by Michael Arraeus and I'm like, who dat? I exactly who <laughs> dat. And also that isn't not a Japanese man's name. Not in the least. Uh, So it's a yeah, you're right. It is a American, uh, but it's like a Japanese production. But it's this Mm -hmm. guy who did this. Um, What can I say about this? This uh, film looks amazing. The visuals Mm -hmm. and animation are like pretty stunning. They hold up really well, Uh, being like a post two thousands anime, as we've discussed in the last couple weeks. There's a kind of sometimes an overabundance reliance on CGI and kind of weird things that. Man, if this was just mm-hmm. straight-up animation, it would just be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the visual department, this thing is, like, great. Uh, however, this thing is, like, two hours long, which is old, which is kind of like a, mm-hmm. a deal-breaker for me when it comes to anime. Right now, I've got a couple more of a uh, Studio Ghibli things to get through, like Only Yesterday and Pompoco. And every time I think about starting them, I'm like, oh, God, they're two hours long. And I'm like, I don't know if they're going to maintain my interest for that long in the they look mm-hmm. great, I'm sure. But so anyway, I kind of went into this, not realizing the length of it. Um, and it's just like after a half hour, I was like, holy crap, what can this possibly do for another hour and a half? And it just goes on and on and on. So it's like, kind of like boring and it looks beautiful, but man, I, I couldn't have cared less about the story. Um, even with the manga, like as far as uh, his other works, I don't even really particularly like this one, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, there's something about it, like the execution of it isn't as good as it could be. Cause it seems like a pretty straightforward story of like, hey, two orphan like friends hanging out in Treasure Town fighting Yakuza. Sounds straightforward, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's like in the anime, there's like a strange like flashback sequence and like you never really get particularly involved with what's going on. I don't know. I, pretty disappointing. Um, especially for like, this is like, this was like a big deal release at the time, but I think the fact that a lot of people just talk about it, but normally it says they love mm-hmm. it is kind of telling, but that was my only, well, that was my only anime.
1: Um, yeah. Well, it's from some dude who no one cares about. Yeah. It's just like, this. I'm looking at his, pi- his letterbox right now. He looks like he, he, he plays bass in Creed. <laughs> And here he like, is. Reckons, I don't know. like
0: beautiful big budget Japanese anime. And he's like, how the fuck did. I, I don't know the history of this or how it came about. Yeah. Um, maybe he was just a fan. Because like, like, again, it looks great. But boy, the storytelling and just plotting of it. Just like, ugh, not my nope. thing whatsoever. <clears throat> so then I classed it up, RJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched this little film called City in Panic. Uh, are you familiar with this number at all? <clears throat> City in Panic? City in Panic. Yeah. Nah, I've never heard of such a thing. Well, RJ, this was a this is a Toronto based film. Uh somebody called a Canadian mm-hmm. Giallo. Uh, of which oh. I believe it might be like the only uh Canadian Giallo that I can think of. And I went looking. Uh this is a film. It's like it's supposed to be kind of like Toronto. But Mm -hmm. it is, or no, sorry, it's supposed to be New York, but it's Toronto. Very Canadian. There's lots of Canadian accents. This movie is like super cheaply made, but it is about a, it's a slasher. Uh, It's a, or a a killer's going around, uh, killing men and women who have AIDS. Um, This film came out Uh. in like 1989. Uh, Uh. (laughs) It is. Pretty, it's got some questionable politics. I would not, I would refer to it as Uh, Um, (laughs) unwoke. Yeah, this is like, it's like a step above shot on video. Okay. But man, it's like, it has like the first, the opening sequence is a total ripoff of Psycho. Like it's the shower scene of this Mm -hmm. like, this like uh, trench coat, trench coat wearing black glove knife wielding, killer following a man into a shower and just killing him and it's like Mm -hmm. oh look it's it's psycho we're film literate and then later (laughs) on there's like reference because happens is the this killer is also carving the letter m into their chest and there's a thing which like are you familiar with the german film m (laughs) like (laughs) so it's like oh references directly to these movies um there's these like there's the the, the highlight of this film, for me, was the, mm-hmm. the, the glory hole murder um, where the security, guard, me? Yeah, uh, the, the security guard goes into a bathroom where there's been a glory hole uh, drilled into the side of the door or side of the wall, and then the killer goes in the other side, and this guy proceeds to stick his penis through the hole to get it sucked, in theory, but he winds up getting his penis cut off, and he just winds up getting killed by the killer. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> That I, can I can I just make a suggestion? Yo, you know what would be a better glory hole death? Mm. Is if it went it came from the other side and went through the guy's head. Oh, that's no it. wait, that's from scary movie. Oh, is it? See now I'm ripping stuff off. Wow, and like I bad, and you're aiming high with the rip offs too. Hey, you know what? Sometimes things just get imp- implanted in your brain. Ask Shia LaBeouf when he ripped off Dan Klaus. That's right. Sometimes you can't help what influences you so heavily.
0: That's right. Uh, so, yeah, this movie is Greasy. Mm, uh, that sounds good. It's released by Massacre Video, which, like, their entire brand is Greasy Films that, like, no one should probably watch for the most part. Unless it's Demon Queen, that movie is amazing. Uh, all time okay. all time shot-on-video banger. But, yeah, City and Panic, <laughs> it's, a, it's a novelty. And just, like, listening to uh, this one special feature with, like, the, I guess, makeup guy on it who still, like, does, like, custom masks in uh, Ontario, him just talking about this producer who was like also in the movie, horrible actor and just like how sad and depressing the film industry could be, especially in Canada where it was, it's essentially still non-existent. It's so minor. Uh, and this is just this weird little artifact that floats around. And it's, like, only noteworthy because it's so, so scummy as far as, like, ugh, killing AIDS people, people with AIDS that don't know they have AIDS or they do it and mm-hmm. they're still having sex. And you have comments from, like, the protagonist who's, like, a shock jock DJ who uh, makes comments like, who uses condoms these days?
1: <laughs> You're like, <laughs> what movie is this? Very, very peculiar film. I think that's in Scary Movie too. Yeah. Uh, Or that might be uh, Austin Powers. Are you going to watch this Robert Bouvier's uh, other film, The Shaman Source? Mm, Doubtful. It seems like it is a Canadian uh, slash indigenous uh, tour de force. Ooh, Is it a horror? horror? Uh, Apparently it is a drama. Uh, Three Ojibwe natives race to find a mystical ancestral spring before a ruthless industrialist (sighs) claim it. Wow. I, I should have known. 320 minutes. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, no. It's good to see that some uh, Canadians are, you know, making movies out there. I, I know. It's kind of, I guess it's fine.
0: Um, anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I watched, uh, some films by a director that I was not really familiar with. His name's, uh, mm-hmm. Joel, uh, Patricus. Patricus. Mm-hmm. Uh, new to me. I'd, I'd seen this movie, it's called Buzzard. And uh, I saw a few people that I follow in Letterboxd had vlogged it and rated it really high. And mm-hmm. it's got this, like, kind of stylish cover of, like, what looks like a like a Nintendo, uh, not gamepad, the Power Glove. It's sort of a Power Glove. Yeah, thing. man, you don't know and, the Power Glove? And, and it's throwing up a middle finger. Okay. Oh, uh, nice, nice. Uh, the synopsis from Letterboxd. Uh what was it the slacker nightmare of your dreams? Paranoia forces small time scam artist Marty to flee his hometown and hide out in a dangerous Detroit with nothing but a pocket full of bogus checks, his power glove, and a bad temper, the horror metal slacker lashes out. And I was like, hmm. hmm, what's what's the story with this thing? So I yeah. gave it a whirl. And yeah, uh, this movie I actually quite liked. I hmm. don't know how you would feel about it. Maybe I think you'd dig it. It's like um, it's very low key movie about this guy who is just like a liar. He's a scumbag, kind of apathetic kid who mm-hmm. he, he, in his apartment, he's like he lives in by himself. He's got a bunch of like Friday the th- or, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street posters. He has mm-hmm. like a comic spinner rack with a bunch of EC comics on it that he just peruses, and he plays like old Nintendo games by himself and and rages out he has this job where he's interning at a bank uh, and he's just like finding loopholes to like scam cash like ordering Mm -hmm. a bunch of office supplies bringing it to another place and returning it for money because there's a dumb guy who works there who doesn't need a receipt Mm -hmm. so he's fleecing the company there Uh, he has like these ideas of like like, cheating the system and eventually he's like he thinks he's so smart but doesn't realize like basic modern tech technology and banks would like prevent people from doing what he wants to try to do. Um and the movie's actually fairly effective at like even though you're like not into these like dislikable characters at all, you're still kind of like drawn into their story and you want to see what happens next, which is always like mm-hmm. it's a balancing act and not every film pulls it off. But for me this mm-hmm. worked. Um, and then, so like, there's like the tension of like seeing him get caught or like, or like at least get away, and it kind of like reminds you of like maybe like bad things you've done and felt and how you felt really anxious about being caught, and it, it does it effortlessly in a way where you're like, oh shit, I feel kind of anxious about this like bad person getting caught so i'm like Hmm. kudos to the film craft on display um yeah it's just like a low-key movie um like it's it could be shot with very little money like it probably was because it's just like basements and office spaces pawn shops uh motel bedrooms detroit city streets like it's so minimal but it works really well uh but yeah i like this movie quite a bit i checked out his first short for one of his earlier short films called coyote from 2010 uh, but buzzard was 2014 uh, coyote Coyote's mm-hmm. just like a 20 minute film he shot on super eight about a uh, heroin addict who apparently after hmm. he shoots up heroin he turns into a werewolf but the film is like very like Aesthetics minded. It's just like oh. there's there's bits where he has like he has like a like a Godardian dance off like in Band of Outsiders, just with these like uh. like 2010 looking girls that no, you'd thanks. see at the slice. It's very like nothing much to it. It's just like a short film. Whatever. This is what this is what you do when you did, make short did you films. Say,
1: did you say that you would see at the slice? Yeah. that's a deep cut for anyone who's not from Mutzbridge <laughs> 2010 girls that you would see at the slice. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm just saying, girl, you crazy. Yeah.
0: So, uh, it's, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it to the imagination. So
1: would you, would you recommend uh buzzard? I think, yeah. I, th- like I think you should check out the buzzard.
0: Okay. It, it, it's got okay. like, this, it's got this like low fi vibe to it. Uh, I guess it's like, it's like mumble core, but it's way more stylish than a mumble core movie. Um, gotcha. But it, it's way more interesting than those movies generally are, which they're they're all like trying to be Noah Baumbach. Um mm-hmm. This is like kind of like almost uh, borderline, like it has these horror elements. Because I watched his, another film by him, the film his follow up to Buzzer, which is *The Alchemist Cookbook*. Now, this movie, I still am trying to figure out how I feel about. Uh, it follows a like I guess like it's unusual because it's like it's a horror movie. The protagonist mm-hmm. RJ, if you can believe it, is an African American. Can you believe that? I mean, I thought that African-Americans didn't become protagonists in horror films till Get Out, but I mean, a, a year earlier, there's this movie, and it's just like, and there's no point to it. There's no, like, racial connotations. There's no, like, a, like lambasting, like, white liberalism <laughs> or anything. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh, this guy is just, like, a black character, and he's, like, gone to live in the woods with his cat and be an alchemist. <gasps> and his, was it cute? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, his buddy comes out with, like, supplies um, to, like, keep his lifestyle Mm -hmm. afloat, and the movie's just, like, it's a slow burn, slow, slow, slow burn. I did doze off at one point. I probably should go back and, like, see what I missed because I was just, like, tired when I was watching this, and this movie was, like, very paced out. Um, Yeah. Where's this dude from? Uh, this this uh, boy, or my my new boy Joel. I don't know where he's from. Yeah, he's American. Uh, hmm. Pat- Patricus. Yeah, he's just a guy. He has this other movie I want to check out called Ape from 2012. It's about a bad stand-up comedian. It sounds like my kind of thing. Um, I've got it all lined sad up. Sad bastard it's, flick, maybe. Oh, he's like that's like his whole world is sad bastard. But and he's a guy I've never heard of, and no one's like brought up to me. And I've had that sad bastard hmm. movie list for like. Two years now And no one's brought this guy So I don't know Yeah well
1: Everyone who comments On that list Is actually me uh, Under an alias Different guises So Uh, I was just Trying to make you feel better So
0: Yeah Whatever (laughs) Go on So I also RJ I watched uh, an RJ pick What RJ pick Did you watch I watched And it better be a good one I watched uh, A film From another one Of our close Personal friends Uh, One Jim Wynorski film called Hard to Die.
1: Blueberry. Hard to Die? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's good Uh, shit. This
0: movie is not so nice and is not good. Oh, no. This, yeah. You you didn't get hard, Hard to Die? No. So, I, I kind of was like, after after watching Nightmare Sisters the mm-hmm. other week, I was kind of like, yeah, I could watch another one of these like stupid movies with like women just wandering around in like their underwear and doing things mm-hmm. in like a, sort of like a horror context. I could get down with that, but sure. Hard to Die is just
1: bad. <laughs> like, would you say it was hard to watch?
0: No, it was just there. Oh. Not good. Like
1: the, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. There's the,
0: it seems like there's like a, a split. There's people who are like really into this particular uh, brand of shitty filmmaking and can enjoy it, and then there's others who just cannot uh-huh. get cannot get into it at all. I am one of those types. I I couldn't get. I, I this was not my my deal. I did like the Jim Wynorski uh, uh his cameo in this as the director of like the, like softcore movie that's being shot for whatever reason. Like in, yeah. in, in, it's this movie. Um, I don't know when you talked about this, how long ago was it? Was this during a ghoul school or not that
1: long uh, ago? A couple, no, not a ghoul school. It was like a couple months okay. ago. Yeah.
0: So uh, yeah. this movie is about a bunch of like lingerie sales clerks that get called in to like do inventory at their job. And it, it turns mm-hmm. out that, uh, the ghost from like Slumber Party Massacre One has like possessed one of them because it's like comes through a box that's been shipped there. Um, mm-hmm. This movie is actually supposed to be a, a, a the third sorority house massacre, but it's like yeah, it, cross- uh, it, 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 it crosses. I think, but it crosses, but yeah, you did, and it cro- and it crosses yeah. the streams because Jim Wynorski is just mm-hmm. like he doesn't give a shit. Um, Anyways. That
1: complicated chronology. I I think I talked about it in more detail last time when I could actually.
0: Yeah, you did. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's no, yeah. So like, again, like following up from like watching those zombie movies and uh, these like other like piece of shit knockoff horror like franchises that don't make any sense. uh, I came in here at part like 3B of Mm -hmm. like a eight part series. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. This is hard to die, RJ. What, What are you, what are you thinking?
1: Uh, I am a fan of good cinema, mostly. Mm. So, um, I'm not, I'm not really sure what, uh, your deal is, but, uh, clearly you hate, hate good stuff. I guess so. And, uh, I feel bad for you, I guess.
0: Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah that was, uh, a dud in my opinion. Uh,
1: uh well, that's fine. <clears> and you can be wrong sometimes. That's true.
0: Uh, so I kicked off the next few movies here. Uh, I've been, I felt the itch to get some thrillers watched uh, a couple Ooh. years ago. I went through my 90s thriller phase. I've been kind of going through the movies that my parents would have watched when I was like 10 years old going to the video stores looking through like movies i wanted to watch or video games i'd see like all the familiar titles uh and i'd be like what's this movie about and they'd just be like those things that like or like i'd rent a movie and at the beginning they'd have trailers for these movies before the thing Mm -hmm. i actually want to watch and i was like whoa what's that it looks really boring but really adult like for adults um such as a movie like white sands um which I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's time I check some of these numbers out. But before I got to these '90s ones, I watched uh, a 1980s gem from director Ken Russell. Uh, have you watched any Ken Russell movies?
1: I've seen The Devils.
0: Okay, but you haven't seen Altered States or anything like that.
1: Is well, is Altered States one with Jeff Daniels? Or not Jeff Daniels? Uh, no. <laughs> um, is uh, that the one about LSD? Uh, I can't remember if it's LSD, but it's uh, what's his Where, name? And they go in
0: the sense, but very deprivation. Table? Yes, that's the one.
1: William, yeah, I've seen that movie.
0: William, whatever. Yeah, so that's Ken Russell. Uh, so there's there's okay. he made he made a lot of movies, and lately it seems like the love's been being foisted on him. Uh, on Blu-ray because we've mm-hmm. had this come out from Arrow, Crimes of Passion. We've had um, oh, w- William Hurt. William Hurt. There we go. John, Hurt, yeah. yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, not John Hurt, but William Hurt. Little Hurt. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we've had uh, Incub- Incubus, and we've had uh, uh, Criterion just put out "Women in Love" with uh, Oliver okay. Reed. So anyway, "Crimes of Passion." Uh, this is a erotic thriller. <gasps> Whoa, how erotic? Ah, uh, it's not too bad. It's it's just it's thr- It's a thrilling thing. It's about a. Did- it's about uh, Kathleen Turner, and uh, by day she's like a clothing designer, and by night mm-hmm. she's a prostitute, selling her like body, us. selling her body to the highest bidder. Uh, this so this movie RJ is like a neon nightmare of sleaze. It's pretty cool. It's got Anthony Perkins mm-hmm. as like a like sex-starved weirdo priest. Who, like wants wait, to wait
1: what do you mean sex star
0: well sex starved he wants he wants that oh. but he can't so he's very, he's struggling but he'll like peep through holes he'll go to peep shows and watch ladies grinding around in filthy um, peep booths and stuff like that but he wants to save oh. he wants to save Kathleen Turner um that's kind of like the main thrust of the story the B-side story is there's this like hapless guy who's like married he has this like kind of like moderately mm-hmm. successful uh, surveillance company Things aren't going great, but he gets a job where he's supposed to follow uh, Kathleen Turner's character around to see like what her deal is because she seems a little too straight and narrow, and she might be selling like industrial secrets from the company that she's working for. And that's when he finds out that no, she's not doing that. She's just like has this weird hang-up about being a prostitute to like prove some sort of ultimate point and punish herself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that type of thing. And then they wind up banging, hey. her. and they they wind up having a hitting it off, and they is it then, hot. Uh, there's like some like steamy silhouette sex scenes uh, in, in like a Ooh. in a stage set uh, apartment with like neon signs flashing nice. and like saxophone and grindy music and stuff like that uh, nice. I'm into that no this yeah this movie like so I had never heard of it uh, Arrow put it out several months ago I just got around to finally watching it because I got this pile really? of Ken Russell piling up and I'm like I'll watch this randomly and yeah I mean I, I do like Ken Russell quite a bit I find like even like his like bad movies are really interesting. Uh, I mean, he's directed like movies like Tommy. He's directed, uh, God, what's the one? I'm trying to recall. Man, I'm not going to think of it off the top of my head. Anyway, that Ken Russell visuals. He's all about the visual storytelling. He's he's he doesn't give a crap. Oh, uh, Lair of the White Worm. Lair of the White Worm. The White Worm. Yeah, with uh, yeah, I could have told you that. Yeah, of course you could. <laughs> um, man, that that movie I thought was like again, it's, it's the same level. Like there's something always preventing his movies from being like really like great easy recommends because they're not for everybody but like I, I always enjoy his stuff like they don't feel like anybody else's movies and they always have some of these like strange stylizations he gets like kind of like, weird uh, performances from his actors that totally fit in his movies um, mm-hmm. yeah I think he's like totally underappreciated but I mean like his his all-time banger for me is the the devils I think that movie is just like amazing um, just because of the subject matter and like it, it doesn't maybe have all his like visual uh, extravagances and like kind of uh, indulgences that kind of like keep his movies from maybe being great they're just like hey look at this amazing movie that got made. Anyway, so yeah, there's Crime of Passions. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. I, I like this one a bit. If you like Ken Russell,
1: it's I can't miss. Really? Yeah, really. You know, sometimes, sometimes I don't know if I should trust you or not. I don't, I mean, again, like I would say
0: you would want to work your way maybe through other Ken Russell movies before you get to this one. It's, it's, this I've is, seen two. I'd say this is like a Kiki's delivery service of Ken Russell. Mm. It's like you, you know how you know how there's like the the top of the shelf Miyazaki, yeah. Right? There's like there's like yeah. These uh-huh. are your go. These are your top three go tos. Then there's like the second tier, and it's like when you want a little bit more, but you're willing. You have to like make some concessions of quality, and you're like, yeah, I want to watch more mm. of this stuff, but uh, yeah, I haven't got to. The, I haven't gotten to the bottom. There's one of his that uh, it, it is going to fit into my 90s ones. It's called horror. Whore? Uh, horror. That is the movie's title. Um and oh. uh, yeah, I'm really looking okay. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Did you horror? Did you find whore.
0: it? From like 91, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking this thing up right now. Yeah. I just find it uh interesting that you choose to um, you know, go that way. Yeah. So, or horror. I can't. Huh? <laughs> Uh, I'm trying, but Letterboxd, all the posters are wacky.
0: Mm-mm. Oh, oh I found it. There you go, baby. Four. It's got a very unassuming, dramatic uh, poster.
1: Hey, you know who's in this bad boy? Tell me. Danny Danny Trejo? Yeah. Uh, and our, our personal friend, Jack Nance, uh, credited as man who helps Liz. There you go. Jack Nance. Uh, apparently, Ken Russell is an actor in this, too. Hmm.
0: There you go, go, man!
1: Wow. Okay,
0: so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna work my way from the bottom to the top, back to the bottom.
1: Oh God, what do you have now?
0: So, uh, do you are you familiar with the film The Good Son?
1: Uh, yeah, I've heard of this a few times because it seems like this is really popular now. But I'm not sure why. Like, people I, seem to talk about this movie a lot. I
0: think it just came out on Blu-ray. So maybe it's, like, in circulation again. Um, so this is a movie that okay. I, I grew up with. This movie came out, like, when I was 10, which is the same age as uh, Frodo and uh, Kevin McAllister, who are the stars of The Good Son. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're like both like kids. Like so, this is like post Home Alone being the g- biggest movies of all time type of stuff. And uh, yeah. this movie started off. So it's based on your boy uh, Ian Ian McEwan, the, the writer. Oh, this is an Ian McEwan story. It is based on a screenplay that like completely drifted away from what his screenplay was which like what always happens with screenplays written by people is, like it gets really fetishized and be like oh such a great screenplay until the director fucked mm-hmm. it up so Good Son started off and like when you actually re- think about it in terms of like an Ian McEwan screenplay you're like this would be really good uh, but then you see what this movie is and you're like oh god it's just like one of these fucking 90s piece of shit thrillers um gotcha. and like yeah so people love to hate this movie and especially like when Macaulay Culkin existed and like was like a big star and young and cute still um mm-hmm. this movie came out in that window of time I mean no one cared about Elijah Wood he was just a kid um are you familiar at all with the good son Poor guy the concept of it
1: uh isn't it about it's like two sons like maybe one's adopted and one <laughs> is like <Okay>. evil <laughs>
0: Close. So what happens is, so Elijah Wood, okay. uh, his mom dies of the cancer. and The cancer? The cancer. Fuck. Because I'm, I'm a guy from like 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> she, 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 She's she, got me, the cancer. Uh, she got women's cancer. <laughs> uh, she got so, woman cancer. Yeah. So uh, his mom dies, and uh, his dad, what's his fucking face? Character actor Supreme, who's in like – all sorts of shit. I can't remember if he's like in the he's in good uh, green, green mile. Um, David Morse. Yes. So he's the dad. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he's like, he feels real oh, bad. He, he's oh, got, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got this, yeah. you're, you're kind of breaking up. So let me just run through here. So, uh, David Morse, he has to leave. He, he, he's, he feels real bad, but he's got this big deal meeting that he's got to do in Japan. He's going to be gone for two weeks and he can't be there with his son. He feels real bad about it. So he's got to like shit. So he leaves his son with his brother's family because they've got, he's got a wife, they, live, they have this great place by the ocean and they've got like a son and a child as well or daughter. Uh, so he leaves them there and that's where Macaulay Culkin enters it. And he's like, seems like a normal kid uh, but there's some sort of, there's some, some darkness there because there was a third child, a third boy and he drowned. He died. Shit. I know. And so, the whole thing is just, like, the, the long kind of, like, reveal of, like, of the good son being a not-so-good son. um mm-hmm. And, yeah, it just kind of goes from there. It's pretty hacky. Uh, <laughs> there's some some dog killing. But it's, like, so, like, Aww. off. But it's so off-camera. And, like, it's sort of like, oh, that's it. And it's like, why is this even in there? And it's like, they don't even do anything with it. And they're, like, they dump this dog body, like which you never see. Like, it's, like, about mm-hmm. it's, like, tasteful as you could go. But like, if you're going to make this type of movie, go like, get, get stupid, like be messed up. This movie is super bland. I was reading a little bit about like the production of this movie. I guess the real problem was, uh, Macaulay Culkin legendaries, like his child actor parents were real garbage and just Mm -hmm. were all over. And they wanted to be like, we want to break, we want to show his range. We don't want him to just be cute and charming. We want him to be bad. So so we get like their idea of what like a a menacing child would be. And it's a child who talks like Hannibal Lecter at times. Or it's just like a little too bright for like Mm. nine years old. Um, But whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, This movie's, I think most people remember this movie for the ending, which is just, it's so ham-fisted. Where, like, it's like, so Elijah Wood, he knows that Macaulay Culkin's bad, and he's trying to tell people nobody believes him. And before it's too late, one thing leads to another. Spoilers, folks, for this movie that's (gasps) 25 years old. The... Macaulay Culkin... If you spoil this for me, I'm done. Okay, well, we're done then. So, Macaulay Culkin tries to, like, take him and his mom go up to this cliff edge of this ocean thing. And he, like, he goes to push his mom off the cliff because she's starting to, like, suspect that he's bad. And, oh, Mm -hmm. mom kind of falls off, but not really. And then Elijah was like, no! And they start fighting around on the cliffs. And then uh, the mom kind of gets back up on the cliff. She gets back up after this hilarious, like, cabled fall down the side of a cliff. It's so, Mm -hmm. it doesn't look right at all. And then what winds up happening is you have the mom who's holding up both boys with one hand each, but she doesn't have enough strength to pull both of them up. And so it's like, well, who's she going to pick? And it's like, <laughs> it's nice. just like, well, see a Kevin. <laughs> Kevin just falls straight down to his death. And I can't, but it's just like, it's so funny. It's just done so poorly. You can't engage in it at all. This movie stinks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it has not aged well. I think like Ebert gave it like half a star or something like that back in the day. And he referred to it as Ooh, these t- these types of movies. Um, which I've watched more of these types mm. of movies uh, I checked this one out called Poison Ivy This movie stars Tom Skerritt, Drew Barrymore Darlene From Roseanne um, So this movie was made when uh, Drew Barrymore was like 17 And she was trying to break the, from the mold of being The little mm-hmm. girl in E.T. Uh, and so now she's going to be like I'm going to be sexy I'm going to want to like fuck you your dad and kill your yeah. mo- and kill your mom. And she does these things. Um, mm. Spiral perms abound. Uh, there's this really, really cute dog in it named Fred Nothing bad happens to Fred. He's just, like, gets to be allowed to be cute and frustrated because, like, they're, like, try, trying to see who who the dog loves more. And it's, like, you, you know, these great little scenes of the dog going back and forth between the two of them. Like, oh, look at that dog. So wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie, uh, I think the highlight for me was having a bit where you have Tom Skerritt just fucking... Drew Barrymore, fucking her, fucking her hard, RJ to saxophone, to saxophone. (laughs) It's like, stop it. When you do the math on it, I believe he's like forty years older, and it's like he's just like having sex with this like seventeen-year-old actress, and uh, it's all, it's just (laughs) so dumb. This movie, and there's like four of them. There's four Poison Ivy movies, Mm. and the next one, Poison Ivy Two, it's got Alyssa Milano.
1: Uh, hey, what, can, I, can I tell you something? Yes, you may. Uh, I, don't, I don't care if this identifies me as a creep or something. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I I heard of Poison Ivy 2 because allegedly it had a nude scene with Alyssa Milano. And all the kids at the school were just like, holy fuck. Yeah, that's is that, that real. That is real. That's like, I'm going to... Oh, I'm, I'm, baby. So I've got Poison Ivy
0: 2 lined up. I've got her mm-hmm. other, her, I think her first movie, Embrace of the Vampire. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, which I think should be before that. So yeah, oh I've got it all figured out, my friend. It's all gonna happen. No. Wait, just wait. Okay. Next up, I watched a little mm-hmm. film called White Sands. What that? Uh know. so this movie, when it starts off, RJ, like the first twenty minutes or so, I was in heaven. This is like ninety mm-hmm. cinema to the max. If we have wide cinematography helicopter shots, landscapes, rich dynamic color range, uh really calculated uh composition. Uh we have like a story of like a body just found dead with like a suitcase filled with money in the middle of like the the desert right by the Grand Canyon. William Defoe is a small town deputy sheriff who's first on the scene, and they're like, "Wow, there's all that money. You're not going to report that, are you?" With Mm at Walsh, uh, and there, he's like, "Well, I got to do the right thing," and he gets like kind of sucked into this bigger story about like phone calls found on like half digested wrappers and people's stomachs. And he calls and it's just like this neo-noir thing. And he winds up hooking up with Mickey Rourke, young Mickey Rourke before he <laughs> went to become a boxer and get plastic surgery and become a ghoul. Um mm-hmm. And like, no, like the, like, the first, like the first like bit of this, I'm like, yeah, I'm so into this, this is going to be rad. But then there's a reason why no one talks about white sands these days, because like the whole middle of this movie is just like meandering nonsense. It's just like every like, born. Oh, he you was know, Samuel Jackson's in this movie, like I. So I'm I'm up to like 50 Samuel mm. Jackson movies now that I've watched, and he cause he just shows up in things. And so this movie's got this yeah. incredible cast. There's like all these yeah. supporting actors from the era. They just are showing up here, in this movie that like no one gives a crap about. Fucking Willem Dafoe, my boy, mm. got Green Goblin. Buddy. Yeah, Jesus, he's mm-hmm. he's all over. And it's like this movie just like ugh, the ending's just abrupt and just doesn't make... It's just happy. It's just... Uh, what a frustrating time. It's like about, like, a weapons deal and, like, selling weapons to, like, freedom fighters south in South America. And it's like... But a CIA guy is going into business for himself and there's, like, multiple factions mm-hmm. of FBI. It's just nonsense. Who cares? Who gives a crap? But you can't take away the first, like, 15 minutes, which were just, like, awesome 90s movies. It's like... This is like... This would have been a great Coen Brothers movie or anything, but... Alas, mm-hmm. alas. That
1: was White Sands. White,
0: white Sands. Yeah, this is a movie that like, uh, mm-hmm. I remember like my parents were like, oh, I got to rent that White Sands. That looks real good. And like, I have no <laughs> idea if they ever did. Like no one talks about this movie anymore. Like less than a thousand people mm-hmm. have logged this. And for like a movie that at the time, like I feel it was like a pretty big deal. or It seemed like anyway. I have no idea what its budget was, how much it made, if it was like anything of note. But the fact that here I am watching it, uh, and it's like, you know, it mm-hmm. just, here mm-hmm. it is. Last movie. Mm. Body of Evidence are are, are are you familiar with this number? This not to I be know, not to be confused with Body Chemistry.
1: <laughs> I know that the the director did a movie that a uh, 10-year-old RJ thought was pretty good, a movie called The Little Vampire. Oh. Yeah, 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 you can look that up. <laughs> so That's uh if you got a 10-year-old kid at home, give it a watch.
0: So Body of Evidence is like the real like post basic instinct sort of movie Mm -hmm. stars Madonna stars Willem Dafoe again Um, Mm -hmm. so she has apparently she's being accused by um, uh, Fat Tony uh, of fucking this guy to death for his money she like induced the sky she, she induced a heart attack by giving him cocaine while writing him too hard. And to illustrate this, like they would watch videos mm-hmm. of themselves fucking previous times while she was fucking him again while he's all handcuffed. Because it's like all about kink-shaming RJ here in Body of Evidence. Mm-hmm. Like how how could a woman do this? She must be fucked up. Uh, Willem Defoe is her lawyer, her defense attorney. And this movie's like, it's a court drama. And it's just, that's what it is. And you get all these flashbacks of luridness and like things I was suggesting. I was like, oh my God. Uh, the reason we broke up was because he was a gay and everyone's like oh my god someone was gay in this world I can't believe it it's so so bad Madonna gives like uh, one of those legendary bad bad performances because she is not an actress mm-hmm. uh, there's these scenes where it's like I think someone has a pretty good uh, review there on Letterboxd I, I'll pull it up because they went to the uh, IMDb, tri- IMDb trivia page, and they found some uh, choice bits here. Let's find it here. Uh, oh, here we go. Madonna's acting coach quit just before production began, claiming that she thinks she knows everything. Madonna had five personal assistants for this film, including her own hairstylist, makeup artist, and personal trainer. Two of Madonna's more infamous scenes, one involving dripping candles, the other requiring her to masturbate, were improvised. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, yeah. Whose uh, choice was that? Uh, Hers. Madonna's character doesn't remove her shoes in any of the three major sex scenes, except very briefly to smash a light bulb with her heel. These she are, takes
1: it? her shoe off to smash the light bulb?
0: Yep. Yeah. Like she, with her foot? Yeah. Or she throws the shoe at it? No, I guess with her heel. But,
1: yeah.
0: But what kind of sense does that make? I don't know. Because she's... Because she improvised... Uh, Madonna, Willem Dafoe, and director Uli Adele spent two weeks rehearsing the sex scenes before filming began. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> yep. Uh, in interviews, Madonna stated that she found filming the sex scenes scientific, not sexy at all. But co-star Willem Dafoe admitted mm. that he was turned on despite himself while filming the scenes.
1: <laughs> oh, he's he's being nice. I don't think he really was.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, so my, my Letterboxd review reads... Pretty sure Willem Dafoe had more fun shooting that episode of Fishing with John a couple years earlier. The one where he and John Larry died of starvation. This movie mm-hmm. is like, some people mm-hmm. like over hate it, but this movie stinks. Like it's like the endless sex, saxophone music, saxophone. And it's just like, we, we get it, we get it, Madonna. You've got really great tits. We get it. It, it. We understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a personal trainer. Yeah, You got a great body. You act for shit. You fucking suck. Don't mm. quit quit acting. Uh yeah. Juliana Julianne Moore's in this movie. Like, Is she cool? Yeah, she like for what she has to do in it, it's not much. Um mm. yeah, yeah. Joe Mantania, old fat Tony, he's there. Uh Jorgen Procknow. Who? Jorgen Procknow. He uh everyone's favorite uh German actor, uh most famous uh as uh, what's his name? From uh in the mouth of madness, the writer in it. Sutter Kane. He shows it shows up Sutter in that. K- Any, do you read Sutter Kane? Yeah. He's the he's the lead in DOS boot. Hmm. Everyone's everyone's favorite. Jor- Jorgen. Anyways, mm-hmm. RJ. I d I don't know how this uh this experiment in uh nineties thrillers are going this time compared to previous. Usually you gotta dig down deep and you find like one. Like uh Pacific Heights with Michael Keaton, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact. Uh that was good. But I don't know. So far, I don't know. It's it's worth the trip cuz I don't know. It's I this is like that window of time that's like I I remember these movies, but I wasn't old enough to really appreciate Madonna's tits, so I think
1: you've said tits too much in the last 5 minutes. And Tom Skirt fucking just Barrymore. more. There isn't anyone I could think of that I would want doing that less than Tom Skurt. Yeah. Maybe Skeet Ulrich, Yeah. Get those those two guys in a room together.
0: Mm-hmm. Ski on yeah. ridge. Anyways. Yeah, that's my movie watching. That's my Gross. life right now. I've got a I've got a flash drive just loaded up with uh, with, le- more with more...
1: legally purchased films?
0: <laughs> yeah. I gotta make sure people get paid, you know. Uh huh. Yeah. Hey RJ, got any news? Uh-huh.
1: Uh, I just had one thing I saw the other day that I, I was going to say. Uh, I think it's a careful what you wish for thing. Um, do, you, do you remember when uh, uh, I was talking about how that book I liked, The Passage, was getting married, made into a TV show? Yes. And then remember how I was like, oh, I really like the first part of the book when it's like the guy with the little girl on the run? Mm-hmm. Uh, so careful what you wish for. They made a TV series starring uh, Mark Paul Gosler from uh, Saved by the Bell, I believe. And uh, it's, it looks like the whole show is just him on the run with the little girl, Oh. Uh, which should be the best part, but uh, it looks pretty real bad. Ooh, robot time. R- real bad. Okay. so That's cool. Anyways, um, that's it.
0: Yeah, my little bit of news I'll throw your way since we... Uh, kick this thing off with a little bit of talk of greasy Stephen King. Uh, Mike Flanagan's sequel to The Shining is coming. Dr. Sleep is moving forward in theaters 2020. What could change or go wrong in the next two years? Theaters? Yeah, theaters could not be around anymore.
1: That's big for him because I thought it was going to be a Netflix deal like Gerald's game.
0: Well, now it's getting a theatrical release.
1: God dang. Mm -hmm. He just finished up that uh, Haunting on Hill House.
0: Oh, yeah. Or whatever that thing is called. Yeah, the show for Netflix.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get that soon.
0: Cool. Oh, yeah. Are you you, uh, pumped for uh, Arrested Development Season 5 Part 1?
1: I would be um, as a longtime Arrested Development fan, but uh, I I was never afraid to say, you know, that Season 4 sucked. And uh, maybe they should have let it die, I guess. So I don't know. Now, uh, I was not
0: aware at all until I was reading an article about this Season 5 that the director went and re-edited all of season four, and now that's on Netflix?
1: I, I saw that. Uh, he called, Mitch Hurwitz called it a remix. Yeah. Because they did that, they did it because, like, they couldn't get all the actors together. So it was like each actor had, like, a single episode. But uh, season four sucked. And so they mixed them together, and apparently there's two extra episodes now that it's been remixed. Yeah. So I don't know if they just found more footage or, like, What's going on? I was gonna watch it because, uh, like I said, I love Arrested Development, but it uh, I, season four really bummed me out, dude. So I don't know if uh, now I, did, I will watch season did, did, five. Did you I'll feel
0: just... Did you feel bummed out immediately, or did it come later? Did you have Did you have that period uh, of time where you're like, that was different, but it was an interesting experiment?
1: Because <laughs> I think no, I, uh, I had I had that I had that, and now I'm kind of just like. Ugh. I watched it with Andrea, and she tells it like it is. I think about halfway through, she's just like, these aren't that good. And I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah.
0: There there you go. There that, you go. Andy's take. That's like. Hot one, takes? That's not, no, that's one up from a hot take.
1: That's an Andy take, That's baby. Exa- Exactly.
0: There you, there you go. As it is. All right. It's time to get old man. Grandpa times. <laughs> After the break, um, yeah, we're old. Time travel. No,
1: just leave it. This is before World War II. Just leave it at we're old. We're old. Nice.
0: Be a hobo and go with me From Hoboken to the sea Be a hobo and go with me. The be, the and the and be a and go with me. Can drum the sea, can do the sea. Be
1: a hobo and go with and me. Be a and go with me. Can drum the sea, can.
0: Like a good girl, and in just a minute, you'll forget that you had any (laughs) trouble. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about My Man Godfrey from 1936, directed by Gregory LaCava. The synopsis for the film from Letterboxd. Fifth Avenue, a socialite, Irene Bullock, needs a forgotten man to win a scavenger hunt, and no one is more forgotten than Godfrey Park, who resides in a dump by the East River. Irene hires Godfrey as a servant for her riotous, unhinged family, to the chagrin of her spoiled sister, Cornelia, who tries her best to get Godfrey fired. As Irene falls for her new butler, Godfrey turns the tables and teaches the frivolous Bullocks a lesson or two. (laughs) So, RJ... I had never seen mm. My Man Godfrey, uh, for no particular reason, other than it's from 1936. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have the most standout of titles, um, and yeah, it doesn't seem like a ton of people talk about this movie, though I think it mm-hmm. is like in the Library of Congress, significantly important all that jazz all those things that criterion mm-hmm. movies generally are um and i didn't even know really until maybe recently that it was uh, one of those screwball comedies you're always hearing about kind of mm-hmm. like a, a lady eve type deal so uh this movie is based on mm-hmm. the novel 1101 park avenue a short novel by eric hatch um and yeah it kicks off with hey Integrated credits, which we were just talking about uh, with Jacques Tati the other week, Uh, and Mm -hmm. this predates that Tati, so he must just be a hack. Um, Confirmed. Confirmed. The movie follows, the again, the adventures here of this this Godfrey Park guy, played by William Powell, who is charming Mm -hmm. as hell, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Very charming dude. Um, and it's, he, he's all scuzzed up with scruffiness and living in a hobo jungle, which, uh, which is pretty cool. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. garbage Island. <laughs> um, yep. and there's, there's talks of swell rackets. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I really like this movie. I, mm-hmm. I think I'm a big fan of those screwball comedies, particularly ones with really good, clever scripts with like kind of that light, fun, breezy sort of pacing uh, where characters are saying things like in the stylized way that mm, no one actually talks like this ever in the history of the world, Mm -hmm. but it's awesome in movie form. If you're going to do it, do it this way. But you also have to have like a certain groundedness to the performances and the character types where you're like, not like, I mean, you couldn't translate this type of writing well to 2018 because they try that. The, the, the coins tried it. That Hail Caesar movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it was kind of. I mean, they. And those fucking guys. I love the coins. But man, they, they, they've been trying this, bringing the screwball comedy thing back to like modern times. And I would, like Hudsucker Proxy is okay. I think that movie's like has some pretty awesome bits to it. Raising Arizona mm-hmm. is also kind of a screwball thing. But man, mm-hmm. that like. Uh, oh, which one is it? Intolerable Cruelty. That movie is not cool. And it's mm-hmm. like when you have like George Clooney, who is kind of like the closest thing to like a Cary Grant nowadays, um, they're trying to pull that stuff off. It doesn't work. There was something just so perfect about the thirties. And I mean, you get the, those elements of like the screwball comedy and like, um, like top hat, uh, like the, mm-hmm. the, the Astaire Rogers stuff we watched, uh, several months ago, uh, lady, Eve, I don't know. It's like, these are like so like uh screwball comedy is a thing that belongs to this era of movies and I think it's why like it, like along with film noirs screwball comedy is like the one thing that like people just like reference in like people are, like old, like weird dudes <laughs> in like bow ties and wire rim glasses. They just obsess about this stuff. Cause it's an escape to an era that is like totally unlike the one that we live in now where this is just like oh look how charming and great these people are. But then you watch like uh blooper reels with like um uh, the lead actress here. And like, she's just dropping like, you know, cr- Jesus Christ's and fucking around and stuff like that. And it's like, oh yeah, no, these are like real people who lived in the time, but they're like adapting this like uh, cadence to their delivery and stuff like that. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Carol Lombard. And yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I love these movies. They're great. uh This mm-hmm. movie is like, uh, I, it's no Lady Eve because I think Lady Eve is like super super good um, mm-hmm. but this is like pretty great and I like I actually kind of am annoyed that I didn't have enough time to go through this again with the commentary track because it's just on YouTube this movie is just on YouTube you can mm-hmm. watch it for free it's just there, readily available. It's like public domain, apparently, because of some weird loophole somewhere along the line. But yeah, um, that's my heaping mm-hmm. praise on this My Man Godfrey. I've got some other notes I'll talk about after I pass it back to, on to you. RJ, what do you think about this Godfrey
1: fellow? Well, Jer, I'm going to say a few things that uh, might rock your world. Whoa. I think this movie sucks. <laughs> For, for real. Really? <laughs> Just me kidding this time. Yeah. Uh, I borderline hate this movie. I thought it blew. Really? Yeah. Uh, because I don't know why you sh- should care about any of these people. They all suck. They're all shitty. And at no point did I ever want to see good things happen to any of them. <laughs> Especially Godfrey. Because he's like, he, he's like the most suave hobo you ever saw. And you're like, okay, clearly this guy's like... Not a hobo. Harvard educated Bo. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, well, I was with a lady who like broke my heart, took everything, and I was gonna kill myself. Uh, but then I lived in a dump, and uh, you know the hobo saved me. And it's just like, okay, okay, wait, let me get into this movie a little bit. Uh, I'm I actually did not really like this one. Uh, so you have a movie where your main character is this like super like educated suave guy and he kind of like gives up and stuff and you know like that's okay sometimes people go through hard stuff but he's living in the dump and then this really rich spoiled family comes and they take him back to his house and they're like you're gonna be our butler now and you're introduced to this family and you're introduced to some of like the shittiest people in the world you have this girl who like has tantrums for fun to like Because she's spoiled, like a spoiled brat, and she just wants attention. You have this other girl who you think is nice, but then when things don't go her way, she like sets people up to get in trouble. And you're like, okay, that sucks. You have the dad who's like kind of a nice guy who like calls people out on stuff, but then he's not even in it that much. So you're like, okay. And then you have you just have like these other characters that are introduced in the family, like the daughter's boyfriends. And I don't think anything about them is interesting at all. You have the you have all this like melodrama stuff where people they're like pouting. They're like, oh, oh, dear. It's like, my, my boyfriend didn't propose. Or it's like, oh, I'm not dating anyone right now. And you're just like, all right. And then you have Godfrey. He's like, oh, I'm the the best butler in the world. And and you're like, okay. And then so there's a little bit of spoilers here. You you come into like the end of this movie, which I think really blows for me. Um, <laughs> for me. And uh, you're like, the dad's like, oh, man, I bankrupted the family. And then Godfrey <laughs> comes in. He's like, you know what, sir? He's like, actually, (laughs) I knew you were in trouble. So I I set out these stocks and I put them in your name. All I needed was a little startup fund. Here are your pearls, my dear. He's like that you tried to set me up with stealing. And he's like, I actually set a little bit aside for myself. (laughs) I'm not your butler anymore. Peace out. And then the girl's like, oh, my God, I do love that guy. And then she like. Fucking assaults him. Is like we're getting married right now, and then they get married, and then the movie ends. And I thought that was total horseshit too, because it's like this (laughs) suave guy who decides to be a hobo. He like gives up, but all he needed was like, like a little bit of money, and he's like this fucking business mastermind. He's like, he's like, I opened up a new club at the dump, and I saved your family fortunes, and like. I did all these great things for you. And I know that's kind of maybe a product of the time. It's like making everything right at the end. But I thought it was so it's like it comes out so fast. It's like, here you go. Everything's fine. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get married, too. And like they kind of play up a a chemistry like they have a decent chemistry, but I don't really believe their relationship at all. And uh, I don't know. Like when we were when you just when you brought up the Lady Eve, I think that's a good example because that's one of these screwball things that I actually liked a lot. Uh, Like some of the other like early movies like this, like Lady Eve, Pygmalion, like stuff like that, I thought did this really well. And uh, I don't know. Like I watched this This
0: movie's totally different than those, though.
1: Like yeah, when it, it when you're
0: describing is. the movie like those are all like what exactly what happened and I think it's hilarious like your like disdain of like how it happens, but I'm like, yeah, but it's funny in this. Like it's so ridiculous <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like, know. oh I took all this money and I saved it aside and make everything right. It's like that's just funny to me. <laughs> like it's it's just like it's no, so I get it. it's like peak like 30s kind of ridiculous kind of like cornball And it's like yeah it's screwball. It's a farce I guess. So it's like I find <laughs> it like bizarre you're like, oh then this this is just doesn't these characters are unlikable. And I'm like, yeah, I mean they are but like the, the writing in this is like pretty good. Like, lines like, Can you buttle?
1: <laughs> yeah, there. I think there's some good lines in this. And I don't know, because I watched this and I was like, Am I off on this? I was like, <laughs> Why is this in the criterion? And then I looked on Letterboxd and only like three other people that I have on Letterboxd have seen this and they all gave it like fours and fives out of fives. And I was like, All right, I guess I'm the only one. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is the hill i die on that's fine but uh i honestly don't really know why this movie is like it, it it fucking bugged me i was just i watched it and i wasn't in a bad mood or anything i was like all right let's watch what? some 30 stuff i threw it on and i was just like man fuck this movie what i i don't know baffling. i don't know dude I don't know. I don't
0: know what to tell you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Why don't it's, you
1: tell me why you like it? And I'll i see I, I,
0: haven't it I? Ha, Haven't me. I? No, it seems kind of pointless. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, what can I say? Like, it seems like you kind of like... Did, like, what did you go in thinking this movie was when you first watched
1: it, actually? Now that you're thinking about it. I thought it... So, in the first, like, three minutes, I was like, is this reverse Pygmalion? Where it is, like... Because in or mm. like, reverse Pretty Woman, almost? I was like, they find a hobo... And I was like, okay, I think maybe they're just kind of like try to make a man out of the hobo. But then I was like, oh, wait, reverse pretty woman is like trading places. So that's not what this is. (laughs) But I was like, maybe this is like male version pretty woman. Uh, And then it was like playing out and like he's just the butler. And then the family's there and they're shitty. And then you're like, oh. Uh, this guy has a Harvard degree, and I was like, oh no, you don't say. The bu- uh, the guy at the dump who is like, he's like, "My might I inquisit uh, of what you are uh, retailing, <laughs> so my good. dear? It's so and good. because uh, like, <laughs> oh, He was like, like I know he's playing dumb. He's like, I don't know what a scavenger hunt is. But like everything else he says is like so smart. And then I was like, what? I was like, why is he playing dumb? And then he goes there, and he's like, you people suck. And I was like, alright, I get that. Those people do suck, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know man like everyone on everyone I see on Letterboxd gives this pretty pretty high ratings it's yeah. got like a four star average almost yep.
0: so that doesn't mean anything uh, lots, lots of garbage movies no it's like it doesn't. four
1: star ratings I don't know I was just watching this and I was like I don't really get it like I don't know why this is like a hot movie just because it's old
0: no there's lots there's like pl- plenty of old movies no one cares about
1: yeah, I don't know, man. This, uh, let's just say this one wasn't for me. And, Apparently. um, Jesus, it, I don't, I don't hate it. I was just watching it and I was just like, I don't know what it was. Like, it just didn't jive with me. I was like, man, I don't like this, <laughs> which, Hey, I was as surprised as you were, or you are, because, uh, most of these old ones I do like most of them. I don't know. I, this was up there with, like, I know where I'm going for me. Oh, no. So. Total, like, that
0: movie is just, like, not a, not a good time to watch at all. This movie just yeah. breezes by. I mean, it's it's got a pretty simple, like, kind of the ABC structure of, like, it introduces the the rich assholes who are... Like, don't care about they're, they're like, oh, let's go use the old people. <clears throat> and then uh, they <laughs> scoop them up and they realize it's like, oh, because they could they, I mean they're judging people on the way they, even though it's like clearly this guy is like educated, but he's a poor person. Because why would a rich person decide to live <clears throat> like this? And what, I mean, that gets explained as like, uh, he had a falling out with a loved one. He went down to go kill himself. And then he saw, like, oh, look at these homeless guys. They have it way worse than me. Well, maybe I could learn something from them and I'm going to be a fucking homeless bum. And then uh, he runs afoul. He just like leads life around and these people come along into his life, mm-hmm. treating him like crap. And uh, then he kind of goes along for the ride and is mm-hmm. just indifferent by being being in service to this like class of people that he himself once belonged to or could have mm-hmm. belonged to. And it just kind of goes about with these kind of these like yeah it's like the shorthand like characters of like the rich because i mean this is also like depression era america this is after like the markets crashed and the extravagance exists uh still and i mean people are watching these movies Mm -hmm. and they can have a, a good laugh at uh horrible rich people and getting, and them getting their comeuppance. Even if it comes from a, uh, a, a Yaley, a Harvard boy, um, who's just kind of going along for the ride. And it's just about setting up jokes mm-hmm. and situations and whatnot. Um, I really don't know yeah. what there is to dislike, I guess. It's just like, I mean, it's like, first of all, as always, we're, we're talking about a comedy <laughs> and, uh, it's like difficult mm-hmm. to talk about comedies in podcast form because usually it's like, well, I won't just go out and watch it and do it that way. Other than if you talk about a shared enjoyment of a comedy, but when one person really disliked something and someone really <laughs> liked it, it's really, really difficult to like <laughs> discuss it in any meaningful way. Cause it's just like, uh-huh. I have to explain why this joke's funny. It's just like, it's really kind of like tedious.
1: No, just hit it, man. Just no, talk about <laughs> things you liked. I don't know because I'm sure I'm sure people listening are going to have liked this as well. Hmm. Maybe I don't know.
0: Uh, I guess there's like one throw line that I've noticed in these like uh with the Stair Rogers movies and like these it's like Italian men in these screwball comedies. Mm-hmm. They're just these like they're like the worst people. There's these like mm. loathsome lumps who just like mooch. And they're just presented that way. It's like, oh, this guy, he's just eating my food. He's like working on this like great like concert and he's just like producing nothing. Uh, and it's like, yeah, I remember that character. He was like showing up in other things. It's like, man, these movies are really like (laughs) anti-Italian. Um, the whole criterion collection is anti-italian well I mean I, I guess if you want to say like Fellini films have made you really hate Italy as a country or something yeah. if that's what you're getting at
1: um I, I just mean all all the movies we watch that just depict Italians as rapists
0: yeah what it's all
1: criterion I mean that, that's reality reality depicts Ital- <laughs> uh
0: any, anyway uh nice. we, we, we had a couple of uh comedy alumni here we got uh, uh Pop Up Bullock who was uh uh Pierre Fonda's dad in Lady Eve, that grumbly old mm-hmm. voice, man. So he's a pleasure to see. Uh, Mr. Van Rumpel here. That's uh, W.C. Field's son-in-law in The Bank Dick. If you.
1: Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I did The Bank Dick. And then uh, what was that movie? Was it Lady Eve with the really fat guy? Is he in this movie too? That is literally what I just talked about. Yeah, that's what I heard you say. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I like that big fat guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Must have been a technical difficulty. I must have uh it must have shorted it out there. Maybe. Maybe. Mayhaps.
0: Um I think there's some comment about why should the government make more money than your own family. Uh also something else contemporary. I believe there's some hashtag me too about a rich skink putting moves on homeless guys without consent. Uh ah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Yeah, it was, that is a
1: major, major plot pointer.
0: Yep. There's a lot of that. Um, a lot of pushiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know i mm-hmm. I enjoyed the i mean just from like the the trope standpoint the stuff with cornelia the the bad the bad sister her just being like a real piece of crap and uh mm-hmm. her like her schemes with the pearls and stuff like that please come and buy all that jazz I don't know I, I I don't know what there is to dislike about this movie really it's it's i was not expecting that you would. He's so vehemently <laughs> uh, I have a dislike I, for this It's just like I gotta
1: keep you on your toes buddy I don't know Not, not since uh, the double Dickens Have uh, the creeps been so divided on a film <laughs> yeah. Um I No honestly I don't know Like there's It's not like a bad movie It's not like fucking element of crime bad where you're watching it and you're just like fuck I wish I was like I wish I was dead like I, I watched the whole thing and it was fine I was like all right cool whatever we watched it I just didn't like the story that makes the movie I guess and I didn't like how the characters are and I was like man I'm not into this we'll put it like that I just wasn't into it. And I wasn't, I wasn't even a, in a sour mood. Like uh, when we watched uh, your favorite movie, what was that one? The one with the hooker.
0: Oh, the uh, Knights of Kiberia.
1: Yeah, like that movie, I wrecked because I watched it when I was real grumpy, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you said it was an all time banger, so I'll, I'll watch that one one more, more day. But, but uh, I don't. I threw this off. I was like, all right, let's watch some old stuff, and uh, I came out of it and I was like, man, I wish I didn't watch that old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I watched the uh, that other 1930s one because I knew I w- I would have uh, uh, I knew I was going to like that one because I I read what it was about. And I was like that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And I threw that on and I was like, "Oh good. I uh, at least I have one 30s movie that I can talk about that I liked." That's right. Uh well but I don't I also, know nothing well, real bad, so yeah. whatever.
0: I also watched uh, cuz I was like looking at I, I like that William Powell in this movie. Uh yep. so I watched The Thin Man. Which uh, is another one of these screwball kind of comedies. Uh, This movie, it's based on a Dashiell Hammett story, which I was kind of like, what the fuck? Dashiell Hammett, who wrote like the Maltese Falcon, all your like Sam Spade kind of iconic noir stuff from back in the 30s, 40s. uh, Red Harvest, that type of thing. Uh, So I had really no idea what The Thin Man was about. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure how much this story, like, or this version of the movie diverges from the novel. I feel like it, this goes down a comedy route with the husband and wife detectives, um, which William Powell plays with, what's her name? Click Ginger click, Rogers, Myrna something, uh, Very specific name. Myrna Loy. There it is. Uh, Yeah, they play husband and wife detectives, uh, Nick and Nora Charles. They are raging alcoholics. They just, like, are drunk most of the time, and so no one really takes them seriously. They have a bunch of parties constantly. What is it here? A husband and wife detective team takes on the search for a missing inventor and almost get killed for their efforts. A laugh tops every thrilling moment, says the tagline. Um this movie is for me a, was a step down from uh, My Man Godfrey, which like totally had my mm-hmm. attention, held it the whole time. Then, man, th- like basically when William Powell and Myrna Loy were on screen, they were really good. They had a really great back and forth between them. But when they're not, there's just a whole lot of plot. And a lot, it's like uh, Dashiell Hammett stories are always like really famous for very convoluted, unnecessary detail that's just kind of there. And mm. it's just like, oh, it's plot. It's People love plot, right? But when those two are on, it's like, oh, this feels like a real relationship. It's so much that I think there are one, two, three, four, five. There are six Thin Man movies after the what? Thin... Yes. Thin Man was like uh, the original MCU franchise with Thin Man. Jesus. After the Thin Man, uh, another Thin Man, Shadow of the Thin Man, Thin Man Goes Home, and Song <laughs> of the Thin Man... So wait, like, does this guy have powers? He's just a drunk. He's a him and him and Myrtle mm-hmm. Lord. They just there's fucking gin ginnies, just fucking. That chicken. does
1: take that does take a lot of work. What's that? What's that line in that movie somewhere? Where he's like, if it was easy, everyone would could do it. About being an alcoholic. Hmm. No, that was a Criterion movie, wasn't it? Maybe. 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 I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe.
0: Anyways, so yeah, Thin Man was fine. I don't know. I I, I don't know if I'll be going on my way to watch the subsequent five Thin Mans, but mm-hmm. I would recommend people watch My Man Godfrey. But unlike maybe RJ and these people who hate <laughs> the My Man Godfrey, like this uh-huh. half half star review from Mataya Murkovich makes me want to puke.
1: And that this, See, uh, and this and this
0: review may contain spoilers. By the way, makes me want to puke.
1: Uh, that's nice. Uh, I, I can relate with this girl. She sounds like a cool lady. Uh,
0: Ferris Bueller gave this one oh. one star. This felt like the longest movie I've ever watched, yet it was only an hour and thirty minutes. Travis McLean mm-hmm. gave this one star. I had hoped that Diane Jacobs' 2001 essay for Criterion would help me find a stronger appreciation for my man Godfrey, but it seems that I was really supposed to content myself to laugh at the antics and marvel at the acting. I can appreciate where this might go over well with a theater audience, where a crowd might feed on its own energy, but watching at home by myself, I simply found the film flat, predictable, and tedious. I love the opening credits, though, and I did find Gail Patrick's haughty Cornelia interesting. Mm. It's a pity that her character was dismissed so thoroughly in the film's final act— there for a while I had the glimmer of hope that something interesting might occur with her and that's it
1: um this guy is uh sounds like a mouthful I uh I clicked on uh, their page and uh they have some complex uh stuff in their bio Oh, I'm as apt to discuss the context of my viewing as I am to fixate on narrative or technical elements I am unimpressed by edgy people one of his favorite movies is uh tmnt3 uh the one where they go back in time okay so uh this guy might be a troll Mm, we'll never know
0: we'll never know what are the other three
1: uh actually wait i just noticed it says my favorite films are revolving showcase of what's on my mind so a better judge would be to go to five star films which feature titanic uh robin hood prince of thieves (laughs) i'm (laughs) sure charade Whoa. uh that's a jared and rj pick uh lots of criterions and then stuff like uh wild things huh and argo Ooh. <laughs> yeah weird anyways you got any more uh any more uh bad reviews over there buddy no uh here's one kdh says uh it's movies like this that make me hate old movies hmm nice so nice.
0: i don't know why i guess people just give movies tries
1: i don't know dude so like honestly there was nothing like i came off a little hot as as is my character for the podcast
0: <laughs> your persona
1: i came off a little hot hate my the, persona the rj um, persona. i just didn't really yeah the rj persona that is who i actually am um I don't know. There's nothing like really bad about it that stands out. Like the people who are saying it was like too long and it's, it's like, Oh, it's too long. And it does this. And it's, uh, it's not funny. Like, I don't think any of that. I thought there were scenes that were like, I thought there were scenes that were funny and I think it's well written. And I never, like, I I wasn't like, Oh, I wish this was over. Like, I didn't feel like it was too long. I just didn't like it, you know? (laughs) And that's okay. That's okay. Is it? I, I can't, I don't know. Maybe it's come not on. It. This, this
0: movie's got the great line of people who take in stray cats say they make the best pets, madam. It's true. Well,
1: I, I know that, and it's true, it's, RJ.
0: Why do you hate
1: that, cats? Uh, I love kitties. Uh, go to our uh, preamble to talk, hear me talk about kitties for I, a while. Uh,
0: yeah, Turkish
1: cats. What, what's,
0: Turkish wrong with, what's wrong what, with what's wrong with what's wrong with Canadian cats?
1: What you got a thing against Turkish cats, man? Old,
0: old stock kittens.
1: We're, we're all from the same primordial cat dude yeah you know what I mean wow no I don't know I'm glad I'm glad you liked it there's it's like I said I'm as i'm I am as surprised as you are come on i a, didn't I didn't I don't know it's got a goat it's got goats yeah I know but those guys were all manhandling that baby goat that's fine it's a goat Go, goat's tough Goats are cool, man. I got, we got two goats at uh, the market, and they're super cool. Yeah, see, and they're tough. They got weird fish eyes. Yeah. Yeah, goat, goats. <laughs> goats. Well, that's it, I guess. Uh, split.
0: Hmm?
1: It's like I said. Not since the uh, Double Dickens episode has there been such hot controversy on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: after the break, uh, RJ is going to. Well, actually, no, maybe I'm going to go kill myself down by the river. But I'm going to be saved by dirty hobos uh, shooting up their fentanyl and other sort of things, and I'll be really inspired by their strength. And I, too, will become a drug addict and and not be saved and turn into a butler for rich people because that doesn't happen in real life.
1: I'm going to finish the job.
0: I want everybody to listen. I want to talk about the rich and the super rich The poor and the super poor Come on
1: Like, uh, maybe it was the Puppet Master movies. I still feel like I'm recovering from that thing.
0: Yeah. The, the Charles yeah. ban really broke you, huh?
1: David DeCotta. I don't know what it was, dude. Like, I don't know. I thought I would like this too. I didn't like it. I. Am I a bad person? Probably. Yes. And you can email us
0: at CriterionCreeps at at gmail.com and tell us how RJ is a bad person for not liking a movie from 1936. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Dugganese Barnwell. We've got a Patreon page. We're on YouTube as well. SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. And hey, if you're a new listener, perhaps throw us a review, uh, a rating perhaps. Those Mm. things apparently help out or something when people mm-hmm. search Criterion Collection, they're still not seeing us first. They're seeing, like, dead old podcasts. So, mm-hmm. any little little boost will help us out a little bit. just have to log in. Remember that password for your Apple account. Mm-hmm. Next week, Spine 115. Jules Dassin's Rafifi from 1955. Uh, this is a heist movie. Some might even say the, like, the heist movie which is kind of weird that we're watching it after watching Big Deal and Madonna Street but that's how spine
1: numbers work. Is this the one with uh, the baboon from uh, Lion King? You know Rafiki? Nope. Is it good that I got that out of the way now instead of in the actual episode? It,
0: no. It was never good. It was never, it it was, was never it was, it was good. It was never good. Nice. It is, it's a good thing this is a bit that people will list, listen to the least
1: you think anyone listens to this? I don't know. Hey, if you're listening to this, just email in. All the we we won't even read it out on the podcast. We just want to know. All the listeners in Creepsville
0: are SOBs. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Gabbo. Yeah.
1: Garbo? No,
0: not Greta Luke's, Garbo.
1: Looks, there's Garbo was coming.
0: Garbo. That's your Simpsons reference. <gasps> mm-hmm. Good night, folks. Um, yep.